This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. It's the festive holiday show here. Kelly and Ramia, the last live show of 2023. But remember, we do have the primetime special that you can tune into live. Well, it's not live. It's been pre-taped. But you can tune in when it hits the airwaves for the first time at 8 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv on December 29th. That is the day. And then if you for some reason miss it because you forgot to put the alarm on. My goodness, how could you? Uh, we will have it up on AMI Plus on YouTube and on podcast Kelly and Ramia. So now it's time for our holiday showcase. We get to poems, stories, messages by various Kelly and Ramia contributors. And to help us get into the vibe, we've got Beth Deer, producer on the show, joining us. Hello, Beth. Hey, you sounded so sad that Fern and Josh's skit was over <laughs> and you shouldn't be because we have such a fun lineup for I everyone. I know, I know. I tried to tell them, like, let's play it again twice in a row so you mm-hmm. can get the jokes the second time around, but it's okay. We got so much more fun stuff coming our way, yeah? Oh, yeah, we really do. So Know Your Rights contributor Danielle McLaughlin has not one, not two, but three poems for us and they all have to do with snow. Holiday party, I've uh, focused on my favorite thing at this time of the year, and that's deep snow, the sort of snow that slows everything down and stops all the noises and the troubles. And since things have been so difficult this year for so many people, I thought I would read three poems that speak to the comfort of snow. The first one is by Thomas Hardy, and it was written in 1925. It's called Snow in the Suburbs. Every branch big with it, bent every twig with it, every fork like a white web foot, every street and pavement mute. Some flakes have lost their way and grope back upward when meeting those meandering down, they turn and descend again. The palings are glued together like a wall, and there is no waft of wind with the fleecy fall. A sparrow enters the tree, whereupon immediately a snow lump, thrice his own slight size, descends on him and showers his head and eye and overturns him and near in earns him and lights on a nether twig where its brush starts off a volley of other lodging lumps with a rush. The steps are a blanched slope up which with feeble hope a black cat comes wide-eyed and thin and we take him in the second poem is by emily bronte and it's called spellbound the night is darkening round me the wild winds coldly blow but a tyrant spell has bound me and i cannot cannot go The giant trees are bending their bare boughs, weighed with snow. The storm is fast descending, and yet I cannot go. Clouds beyond clouds above me, wastes beyond wastes below, but nothing drear can move me. I will not, cannot go. And the final poem is entitled London Snow, and it's by poet Robert Bridges who lived from 1844 to 1930. So you can imagine 
London of yesteryear in the snow where everything would have come to a stop. When I lived in London many, many years ago, most people didn't even have a snow shovel. They didn't know how to deal with snow. I suspect things are a little different now, but um, before 1930, this is what it felt like. Again, London Snow by Robert Bridges. When men were all asleep, the snow came flying. In large white flakes falling on the city brown, stealthily and perpetually settling and loosely lying, hushing the latest traffic of the drowsy town, deadening, muffling, stifling its murmurs failing, lazily and incessantly floating down and down, silently sifting and veil road, roof and railing, hiding difference, making unevenness even into angles and crevices softly drifting and sailing. All night it fell, and when full inches seven it lay in the depth of its uncompacted lightness, the clouds blew off from a high and frosty heaven, and all woke earlier for the unaccustomed brightness of the winter dawning, the strange, unheavenly glare. The eye marveled, marveled at the dazzling whiteness. The ear hearkened to the stillness of the solemn air. No sound of wheel rumbling, nor of foot falling, and the busy morning cries came thin and spare. Then boys, I heard, as they went to school, calling, they gathered up the crystal manna to freeze their tongues with tasting, their hands with snowballing, or rioted in a drift, plunging up to the knees, or peering up from under the white mossed wonder. Oh, look at the trees, they cried. Oh, look at the trees. With lessened load, a few carts creak and blunder, following along the white deserted way, a country company long dispersed asunder when now already the sun in pale display standing by paul's high dome spread forth below his sparkling beams and awoke the stir of the day for now doors open and war is waged with the snow and trains of somber men past tale of number tread long brown paths as toward their toil they go and even for them a while no cares encumber their minds diverted, the daily word is unspoken, the daily thoughts of labor and sorrow slumber at the sight of the beauty that greets them for the charm they have broken. And those are my three snow poems. I hope that in the holidays, everybody gets a bit of the peace and quiet that a deep snowfall brings. Thanks very much. Some really lovely poems there from Danielle. So impressive. I definitely just don't have voice to read poems. <laughs> Up next, we have our resident veterinarian, Danielle Dronkind, and she has sent in a delicious recipe. So let's see what she has for us. So I'm Dr. Danielle Dronkind, and usually I do that stuff, but uh, for the kitchen show in honor of that, we're going to do some recipes today. And so I'm going to show you uh, my favorite sweet potato recipe. So I've just gotten out everything that we're going to need. So here's some sweet potatoes. I like the long thin ones for this. Uh, some plain goat cheese, cranberries, olive oil, some balsamic vinegar infused with raspberry, which is really delicious. Uh, some spices. So we got some salt. Um, I grow my own herbs. So today I'm going to be using Thai basil, oregano, and rosemary. And also I'm going to need a large bowl and a cast iron skillet. 
Danielle crunches up the herbs in her hand into a large silver bowl. She pours her oil on top. She slices the sweet potatoes into thin slices and pops them into the large bowl with her herbs and cranberries. So everything gets coated in oil, and there's no piece that doesn't have all of it. Starting from the side of the pan, Danielle places the sweet potatoes side by side, going into a swirl. So we have cooked the sweet potatoes. They're just a little bit crispy on the edges and they're soft and cooked. Now we're just gonna add some goat cheese and some of this raspberry balsamic. We're just gonna pop this back in the oven and um, heat up the goat cheese, make it all nice and soft and kind of melted, and then we'll be done. I actually um, ate something like this recently. I say recently, it was October now, Thanksgiving. One of my friends made something very similar and oh, it was God. fantastic. So I highly recommend trying that. Um, On to another poem. This is one sent from our contributor, Young Wong. So let's have a little look and listen to what she's composed. Hi, this is Young Wang. I'd love to read a couple of poems for you. The first one is titled, Believe. I wrote it in a poetry workshop organized by CNIB this fall. Here it is. Would blue sky believe in the evening? Would the fullness believe in the void? Would the right believe in the left could be right too? Would you believe in me, my love, if I tell you something true? that is against your belief. Um, the second one is called My Gratitude Is. I wrote it on Thanksgiving Day for friends who helped me uh, as a person with vision loss or uh, helping East and West Learning Connections, an immigrant uh, cultural nonprofit organization I am running. Here we go. My gratitude is a well-trans taxi that could take me anywhere in the city. A tennis game, skiing, hiking, or cycling with your organizing or guiding. A helping hand or smiley hi from countless strangers passing by. A brilliant idea and precious time you offered for our connections that was always more than my expectations. My friend, thank you for making my gratitude go everywhere in Toronto, a place I now call home. Thank you for listening and uh, happy holidays from my home to yours. Really lovely personalized poems there. 
Um, up next is a short story from a friend of the network, Margaret Weldon. Let's check it out. Dear Kelly and Ramya family, for the last few months I've been receiving messages from audience members who are wondering what I've been up to. Well, do I ever have a story to tell? It all began on Thursday, August the 24th, when I received a message from AMI management advising me that I would be working for the Accessible Bureau of Investigations, the department that examines accommodations, carries out research, and creates shows. On the morning of August the 31st, I received my first report and assignment. Every year between September and December, all the networks become highly competitive in order to win the popular Holiday Heart Award. This year, AMI's goal was to get an exclusive interview with Elf Dave, Santa's chief elf. After spending two weeks of making phone calls and sending out email messages, I discovered I would need to go to the North Pole because none of my communications were being returned. After leaving Bumblebee in charge of my house, taking a wheel trans vehicle, a go train, An aeroplane, and a flying sled, I arrived at the North Pole. I knew that Santa would be busy preparing for his big upcoming flight in December, so I decided to find Mrs. Claus and get the answer to the question about what happened to Elf Dave. While trying to make my way to her house, I noticed there was a lot of activity going on. Some elves were in the workshop working. While others were singing in a choir. Even the baby reindeer were rehearsing their little song. found Mrs. Claus and asked her about what happened to Elf Dave. This is what she told me. Well, he is with my husband, but he's on a very important secret mission. But they should be back in a couple of days, hopefully. With a heavy heart, I returned home and began writing my story as to why I was unable to get the interview with Elf Dave. All of the sudden... Elf Dave! Hi, Margaret. You looking for me? Actually, yes, I was, Dave. We have a little issue. The Accessible Bureau of Investigations is trying to help AMI put together a film so that they can win the Holiday Heart Award. My assignment is to interview you because you're Chief Elf. So I went to the North Pole to see Mrs. Santa Claus, and she tells me that you were away. What were you doing? Uh, we're trying to train the uh, guard dogs we have here in the North Pole now to find uh, Jack Frost whenever he comes on the property. How do you do that? Well, it's very interesting because actually we had our elves go around dressed up like Jack Frost with his shoes and boots and coats and that and uh, his scent as well. And then they walk around and we send the dogs out to try to track the elves. How long does it take you to do that? Uh, it takes me about a month to do that. That's why we were busy for last month and uh, you can find me at all. Well, thank you so much for your time. At least now sure. I can file the story. Was there anything you wanted to say to anybody before we close? Well, as always, I'd like to say Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy New Year. By the way, I understand that uh, B has baked some cookies upstairs. 
Yeah, chocolate chip ones. Ooh, excellent, I love chocolate chip. Let's head upstairs and get and grab some. This is Margaret Weldon wishing everyone a very safe and happy holiday and all the best of the upcoming new year from myself and the Weldon family. Have a happy Bumble Christmas and a happy Bumble Day. Really, really sweet from Margaret there. That was fantastic. And finally, our community reporter from Dawson City in the Yukon, we have Kim Harvey who has sent in her reading of a Christmas story. By Shannon Carlson. Dedicated to all those who help animals. On a cold Christmas Eve not long ago, Jack and Sophie played outside in the snow. The air was clear, the stars were bright. Their home was the only house in sight. Jack jumped up and down and yipped near the sleigh, a sign he wanted to go run and play. Shall we go for a sleigh ride? Shannon asked with joy. The dog sled was Jack, the husky's best toy. Jack and Sophie ran through the crisp white snow, pulling fast as they both could go, smiling and laughing and dashing around, running with ease, sometimes leaving the ground. They had returned to the house to stop for the night when they heard a loud noise just out of sight. Santa was on the roof, then did say, It seems like my reindeer slid onto the bay. Eric asked, Why did they slide off the roof? Santa said, My tired reindeer have sore hooves. My reindeer need rest, they can't pull the sleigh, and this is supposed to be the magical day. I don't think the children will get presents this year. There'll be no smiles, nor laughter, nor cheer. At that moment, Jack looked up in the sky. He saw a star twinkle, and he knew just why. All around him swirled the northern lights. They lifted him up to help him in flight. Then Jack spoke the words all could hear. Santa, this is a magical day, don't fear. He said, we can help, we can pull, jump and run. We can pull your sleigh like we do for fun. The pulling is easy, Santa said with a smile. It's learning to land that takes quite a while. Shannon and Eric couldn't believe what they heard. Jack talked like a human, not a dog, frog or bird. Dogs don't talk, Shannon said. This can't be true. Can all of our dog friends talk like Jack does too? Of course dogs can talk, Santa said. You'll see. All animals speak if you listen closely. Now Jack and Sophie can help me in flight. There's just one more thing that Jack needs tonight. Santa pulled from his coat a charm that glowed. He clipped it into Jack's collar, and it was time to go. He said, the magic charm will lead the way. Then Santa pat Jack and climbed onto the sleigh. We need more dogs, Santa said, but who? Jack said, Axel and Vader can come with us too. Sophie said, 
We know how where we can get help tonight. Our dog friends in town will help us to in flight. So off they went with a stumble or two. Though pulling Santa's sleigh was hard to do. Up over the trees with barely a sound. They landed near the animal shelter in town. They talked with Julie and she opened the doors as three dogs joined them to help them soar. Champ, Cuddles, and Hatcher were lined up for fun, though it was safer for Cuddles to sit up and not run. Wait one second, Santa again did say. We still need more dogs to help pull this sleigh. Once again, the dogs began to roam. Soon they landed on Tundra and Nika's home. Santa said, Okay, this will have to do. There's no time to waste. It's time to move. Home by home, they left gifts behind. Wonderful toys for the children to find. And through the night, they didn't forget to leave yummy treats for all of the pets. Around the world they soared through the sky, leaving gift after gift in each house they flew by, at hospitals and homes for the rich and the poor. All through the night, no children was ignored. By morning, Jack and his friends were all done. They rode back home in the bright early sun. Santa said, we're done now, it's time to rest. Jack smiled and said, this night was the best. Though I wonder about our new dog friends today. They don't have home where they can stay. Champ said, it's hard being a past Christmas pet. It's fun at first, but humans often forget. The animal shelter is a nice place to roam, but we miss having a home to call our own. Santa looked at the new rescues and said, let's see. You're welcome to stay at the North Pole with me. The North Pole has place to run and play. There are friends and games and treats each day. Thanks, Santa, Champ said. To the North Pole we go. We look forward to playing in the North Pole snow. As Santa looked down at the tired pets, he said, You all save Christmas. I won't forget. Then back to the sleigh, the reindeer happy. Santa called out to ensure they were ready. On Dasher, on Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, and Donner, and Blitzen. Let's fly up to the sky with Rudolph too. Now wave goodbye, we'll see our friends soon. As the children woke up Christmas morning, they jumped with joy and spent the day playing. The homes were full of children's smiles, and happiness filled the world for a while. The next day as Julie opened the door, she found a note that was left on the floor. It read, Thank you for all of your kindness and care. We found a great home up north somewhere. We hope you continue your work with pets. There are some toys in the corner that we have left. Back at their home, the dogs were ready to play. It was a happy and wonderful Christmas day. Jack and Sophie ran through the fresh winter snow. 
making new tracks everywhere they did go, smiling and laughing and dashing around, running with ease, sometimes leaving the ground, flying up over the snow without fear, training in case they were needed next year. The end. Nice. Thank you to everybody who was on our showcase for this festive part of the show. And thank you, Beth, for leading us through all that. We're going to take a quick break, come back, give you that final poll question, the one you've all been waiting for, Candy Canes. We'll be back on Kelly and Ramia. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.